You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A very merry draft miss to you. Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Draft Show coming at you uh, right after the Combine. We just got done with that last week. So we're going to kind of go over uh, the prospects that were, you know, helped themselves, the prospects that hurt themselves. We're going to bring Maddie and Craig on to get their takes on those. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Find him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. It is Jake Stack. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Merry draft, miss. Um, experiencing some of the hangover effects of the combine. Pretty tired. I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's just it's just information overload. One of Ugh. the I think it was like Saturday night. I was going to bed and I had just realized I've been. I mean, this is sad to say, but like I've been in front of my TV and a screen and my computer and Twitter. Literally all day, <laughs> and it's not good, and my eyes hurt. Yeah, no, like I think that's kind of it. Kind of wears you out over a while. But, like even just like, but I love it. I, the, the process is is fun. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you know we're grinding tape, and you know we're doing all that. Or well, I'm sorry, Jake. You've coined a new term. I shred tape. I don't you, grind tape. You don't grind tape. You shred tape. Hashtag shred tape. Shred it to bits. In fact, we're just gonna do this right now. I I just decided to do this, Jake. On the uh, cuff. Let's do it. Uh, what? First person to go on to gum.co slash KC draft and enter shred tape in the promo code section at checkout wins a free guide. Boom. How about that? Boom. I don't, well, I'm feeling generous today. Actually, I do need to give a shout out to Carrington Harrison with 610. He actually uh, kind of gave us some guides to kind of hand out. So he wants us to kind of hand some out. He's kind of helping us. I really appreciate that support from him. So, uh, some of the, we're going to probably be a little generous here with some, with some guides over the next few weeks leading up to the actual draft be, uh, guide being released. Uh, and so it, part of that is because of Carrington Harrison. So thanks to my guy over there. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, we we are doing a draft guide, the KC draft guide. It's all about prospects and how they relate specifically to the Kansas City Chiefs. Over 200 write-ups in it. Uh, over 300 prospects ranked and graded. If you go to gum.co slash KC draft, enter promo code NERD, you'll get it for $6.99. And if you're the first person to enter shred tape uh in the promo code you're gonna win a free guide so it pays to listen early it pays to listen often often here uh with the ap draft show so go ahead and check that out we're really excited to show you guys what we've been working on uh and it it releases on april 8th we're just taking pre-orders now and it releases april 8th jake we've got a lot of prospects to cover today I've got uh, some winners on the offense and defensive side of the football and some losers. I know you do as well. Uh, let's just jump right into it. So uh, the first winner for me on offense, 
was the running back from Penn State, Miles Sanders. Uh, I thought he was a good athlete. I thought, you know, I thought there was some some positive athletic traits with him on tape, but then he went out and had a fantastic performance. He had one of the best performances uh, in the entire group, and uh, I think he really helped himself and solidified himself as a day two prospect. Uh, he's kind of in that day two prospect range for me, late day two for me. I thought he had some positive traits as a pass catcher in the pass game. I think that's where I think he's going to have a lot of value. I think everything about else about his game is kind of, uh, it, it's it's just it's pretty solid across the board. I think that in the passing game is going to what's, what's going to be able to hang his hat on. And uh, so that was a guy I thought really, you know, performed at outstandingly. How about you? Is there someone that, that kind of stood out for you on the offensive side of the ball as a winner? Yeah, there. This is tough to pick just one guy because there's so many that performed well and performed actually above what I thought they would do. I want to give a quick shout out to Josh Oliver, the the tight end from San, <laughs> uh, San Jose State. We saw him at the Senior Bowl and he's got some juice. He but he proved it on tape or, or sorry at the combine. So he's he's an exciting guy to watch. But I would be remiss if I did not mention this guy because he. I think it's kind of flying under the radar, but that's Paris Campbell, the the receiver from Ohio State. And I think that he's important to bring up and to talk about because right now I have a third, fourth round grade on him from his tape grade. And so you watch this guy and the questions that you have are, okay, he's got a ton of manufactured touches. It's it's drag route, drag route, drag route, hitch, go. He's, he's yeah. running across the field yeah, short yeah. and then just taking it to the house. And he's going to be that guy in the NFL too. But I think what he proved at the combine was he's got he's actually has some ability to run NFL routes. Um, I didn't see that myself because I didn't get to watch that part. But that's what I keep hearing from everyone is is scouts and and executives wanted to see this guy um, actually go through his route tree and see what he can do. And they liked what they saw. The other thing that they really liked was his ability to track the ball vertically. Yeah. Uh, which with a guy that's six, you know, he and the thing is he's not small. Like he's he's a four three athlete. So I think in this draft class, you're thinking, well, okay, so he's like Andy Isabella. He's like Nicole Hardman. He's he's one of those guys. But no, he's a legit six-foot guy that's over 200 pounds that can run like the wind. He's dense. He's 205 yeah. pounds. And, I mean, he had he had a great 20-yard uh, shuttle, 4.03 short shuttle, uh, 135 inches on his broad jump, a 40-inch vertical. He's I freak. mean, those are great numbers for him at 205 pounds. The thing I think about with him, too, is like I think one part of his value is you know that jet sweeps are kind of becoming popular. You know that you know these little touch passes that you know the the receiver runs across, a little shotgun, a little flip to him. You got to respect him. Those Put him in those, motion. Those are those I manufactured mean, touches that I think people are going to look at and say, okay, this is the guy that's going to be able to do this for me. So I totally agree with you. I thought he had a great performance. And one more thing too, you know, I didn't mention this and the reason I, I really even bring him up is because people that I really respect in the draft community have this guy going in the first round. Right yeah. Now. And that, so that's that's why I mentioned I have a fourth round grade on him for right. his tape. Yeah. But if he can if he he can't he came up can't, like he he showed out at the at the combine and showed everyone that you know he's an NFL receiver that can be like you said and you alluded to that can be that guy that's going to be on the jet sweeps that when you put him in motion he's a guy that you have to respect yep. because truthfully what's different about him and his teammate like Terry Scary Terry Scary Terry McLaurin who they're similar size and speed athletes but when you watch them on tape Campbell just has that that's something that, that every extra time, gear every time he touches the yep. ball you kind of hold your breath because he could he could score every single time he touches the ball. I think with Terry McLaurin, he's an explosive athlete, but he's not an explosive 
like playmaker, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think fair. that's kind of the difference. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to Louvers, losers on the offensive side of the ball. And for me, it was a guy, I, I had him as running back too. And I did not expect to see this kind of abysmal performance testing. It's Devin Singletary, the running back from Florida Atlantic. And he really just completely underwhelmed throughout this entire process. He, he, weighed, uh, he, he weighed in at 203, which is good. He was under 5'8", which was kind of surprising. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I wonder if he tried to put some weight on to, to kind of, you know, bulk up and, and still try to test well. But he wound up running a 4'6'6'40". He had a 1'5'3", 10-yard split. Uh, which was fine, but the, the long speed was not there at all. His broad jump was uh, under 12 feet, uh, or 10 feet, I'm, I'm sorry, under 10 feet, I'm sorry. Uh, his 20-yard shuttle was 4.4 seconds, like just really poor athletic testing numbers. And what it's, it's really difficult to kind of understand, like he's a, very, he's a below average athlete for the NFL level. His tape is explosive and he's got great lateral explosiveness and elusiveness and he's changing directions with ease and and I watched I watched him perform at the combine it just did not make sense so you kind of got to temper your expectations with his with his ability to do that at the next level too I think right and that's what was confusing to me is because his four six didn't really bother me that much because he's not a long speed guy but it's his his agilities did yeah because that's where I thought he really won was he, he, he didn't he wasn't a long speed guy but I mean he was closer to four seven than he was four six right even. yeah and so that's that's concerning. He's a guy that's going to get caught from behind, and we knew that, but it's just... Everything was underwhelming. Yeah. And adding that, I mean, if he was like... And you're right. I don't like look into the the 40 too much, but you can't go out and be closer to a 4.7 than a 4.6. Like a 4.6, if he goes in and he runs 4.6 flat and his agilities are better, no problem. Because that long speed's not his game. Um, One of the other just interesting things about him is people asked him to run as a receiver too. They wanted to see him running routes, which I don't blame him. He only had six uh, catches at Florida Atlantic. I think people just wanted to see if he was capable of doing it. But that's that's odd to me because he's not the only college running back that you would want to see. Can he run routes? Can he catch the ball? So there, I think there might be something to that. Maybe. But I don't know. We'll see. And, and, it, and all it takes is one team to request it too. Right. That's um, true. Like it kind of came out that the Titans were the team that wanted to see Ed Offball over Ed Offball over oh, play gosh. play Offball linebacker. That's ugh, that's disgusting. Jake, who is a loser for you on offense? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta. I'm not burying my guy, but Pull I'm definitely out. a lot lower on him after the combine. I talked about him last week. We had an interview with him. I still believe in him, and that's Jacoby Myers, the wide receiver from NC State. I thought he could come out and just be an average athlete, but all of his test numbers, his his vertical was okay, but everything else was pretty well below average. And and that was disappointing for me. I'm still gonna you still always go back to the tape and there's still a lot of things I like about him, but I really was hoping that he could come out and be an average athlete. So I may I may have kind of swung for the fences on him and, and, and whiffed, but I still like him, but you know, athletic testing does matter to me, especially at that position. And so he he dropped a few he dropped quite a bit for me because I I knew I was a little bit higher on him than the general consensus, and then so when you test like that, you kind of come back down to earth, right? And I mean, athletic testing matters. Like it's not like it's the end all be all, and tape is still critical. But you need you need to have some baseline athleticism in order to make it. And 
you know, baseline athleticism is predictive of, of success in the NFL. There's not a ton of guys that tested poorly, for instance, last year in the draft that are actually well, on NFL teams right. this year. You know, so, I mean, it, it's important. During combine season, it always starts with, oh, this guy tested really well, blah, blah, blah. You're really excited about him. And then it turns into, you know, the, well, he's, did you look at his tape? There's the, did you look at his tape guy? Tape tape trumps athleticism. And like, I agree with that person, but they do this stuff for a reason because the NFL draft is all about mitigating risks. Right. And you are trying to find athletes at the top of the rounds that have the tape and have the athleticism. And if you only have one of those things, you drop. And that's just how it works. Right. And like, I think there is, I mean, there's still thresholds. Isaac Nada, for instance, he can't go out and run a four, nine, whatever 40. Like there there's a four, nine 40 is basically your baseline. If you can't run under that, the prediction you're it's very predictive that you're going to fail. Well, and that's a good example of a tape guy that needed to work out well because Isaac Nada was build as this move tight end that was athletic and could also block now he can't yeah we can't he's not a move tight end he's not going to be able to do he's not going to be able to sustain you're right you're absolutely right um okay let's talk about winners on the defensive side of the football a guy we saw at the combine or at the uh, senior bowl i'm sorry uh cornerback from penn state amani oruarie uh he, uh, he we kind of expected he'd probably have a pretty good athletic but you know testing but he absolutely crushed it I mean, Amani Oruwariye, he was one of the best performers at the cornerback position, and uh, he really helped himself kind of help break the cluster that we kind of have at the cornerback position. Ran a four four seven for a guy that's you know about six two two oh five. Ran a four four seven. Had a thirty eight and a half inch vertical. Uh, really good three cone time was six eight two on the three cone four one six on the shuttle. That's fine for a guy his size. I thought he really helped himself out. Uh, I actually have I, I kind of have a, a pretty solid second round grade on Oruwariye, and I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up falling into that top 50, 40, even forty range. That's a guy I think that really helped himself out this week. Uh, Jake, how about you? Who helped you? Who helped themselves out on the defensive side of the football for you? Well, I think the obvious guys that we need to mention, you know, we talked about Brian Burns and he needed to have a good way and he did. He had a good way and he absolutely crushed the combine. So he checked a lot of boxes for us this weekend. So I think we need to mention him. But a guy specifically that I think was kind of flying under the radar, two of them really, but I'll highlight just one of them. That's Chase Winovich, the the edge from Michigan. And I think he kind of came into this combine as he kind of, you know, he's he's your high effort guy, you know, kind of bring your lunch pail to work type dude that's just going to get after the quarterback and give you everything he's got. And you know what? If you look at his film, he is that guy. Mm-hmm. But he also showed at the combine, he's also an elite athlete as well. So that's exciting because you look at a guy like that and you think, well, I already thought this guy had a pretty high floor, but now where's his ceiling at? Maybe he raised his ceiling quite a bit. I mean, I think he did for most people. Right. When you come out, the, the thing that was most impressive for th- for him um, is his three cone time. Yeah. I mean, he was like, what, six, eight or something like that? He, I mean, he had, anything sub seven for an edge rusher is, is really good. And he was well below that. So that's, that's a very impressive trait for him, that short area quickness. Um, so then you start you start going back to the tape and saying, well, can he bend? Can he can he move? Can he can he can he flatten out and corner all that stuff? And I think he kind of checked those boxes because you kind of thought he already could, but maybe you thought maybe he'd be a limited athlete at the next level. Another guy yeah. that I thought did that as well at the edge position was Anthony Nelson from Iowa. Yeah, really kind of the same questions. 
um, in the same in the same response. Is yeah. He tested really well. No, for sure. And I think we're going to talk to. I, I'm going to ask Maddie about Anthony Nelson here in a little bit too, because I, I think you know we can we can kind of get back to him in back to him in a minute. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the losers on the defensive side of the football. I, for me, it was it was our guy Byron Murphy, and I'm kind of going to add a caveat here. Byron Murphy could have been a top 10, top 15 athlete if he had tested at a high level. Uh, if he had went out and and shown some some great explosiveness, you know, some of that kind of stuff uh, with the drills, run well, but he didn't. So the caveat is, yeah, he his uh, his athletic testing was pretty average, but that might just put him in range for the Chiefs to be able to select him because some teams are going to look at his athletic testing and say, is this is this can, is this a guy that I can take in the top ten when he's not an elite athlete? Brett Veach, I can promise you, is a guy that's not going to be scared of athletic testing. I think there's it's shown out over the course of his time. He wants good football players. Byron Murphy looked the best in the drills for the cornerback position, but he didn't test great. So this is kind of a great situation for the Chiefs. Everything you saw and everything everything you saw on tape was there, uh, even the questionable long speed, but very positive performance on the field the teams that you know might have to mitigate their risk like you said with with a with a average athlete at cornerback maybe that puts byron murphy in a situation where the chiefs are able to select him how about a guy for you jake uh, yeah i have another corner that's been linked to the chiefs quite a bit as well and that's deandre baker from georgia he was kind of what we expected him to be as an athlete kind of a below a below level athlete and that didn't surprise me. What did surprise me, though, were the reports coming out that there are a lot of character concerns with him, and and teams were kind of red flagging him the yep. entire weekend. And that was that was overshadowed by some other SEC defenders that we don't need to talk about right now. So I think Matt's going to get into that. Uh, Maddie's got us. <laughs> but but DeAndre Baker kind of flew under the radar as a guy that I think really hurt himself in the in the meeting rooms, yep. and he was not impressive to teams, and, and he didn't test well either. I mean, no. like the whole weekend was not great for him, and it just goes back to you'll hear this a thousand times it's a job interview and if you and if you show up and, and you don't interview we've you're, you're not you're, you're not good I you're not gonna, it's not gonna work right you're hurting uh, and, yourself and so and coming in unprepared that's that's what kills me it's inexcusable yeah you got a million dollar job interview and you're just coming in dumpy and I don't want, and I, I, I'm hesitating and stuff because I think Matt's gonna really uh, hammer yeah, this home well, later. But <laughs> we can, we can go on on that in a minute. <laughs> but, but yeah, you just, it's just bad. It's, it's a bad look for you. It's a bad look for your agent too. I'm look, I'm thinking, look at these guys. Like, who the heck is your agent? <laughs> Did you talk to them at all? Did they tell you like, hey, they're gonna ask you questions about this stuff? Say this. They might be negative. It, let's, let's just script you some answers if you don't know what to say. <laughs> Pull this note card out and read it. Yeah, that's pull, better pull than parachute. That's <laughs> better than some of the stuff that some of these guys were saying at the podium that we got to saw. We we got to see. Yeah, we, we got, got to, see, to see. We it. got to see. I can't even imagine what was going on behind closed doors when they ask hard questions. Yeah. Not, or make you get in a staring contest like Lonnie Johnson did not, this year. Not do you watch yourself on tape? Nah. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't say nah. Don't say no. Make something up. Just say, say All this. The time. Yes. <laughs> if you say nothing else, that's way better than what some of these guys say. Just say yes. Yes, I do. All the time. Do you care to elaborate? Well, I watch myself. I watch myself on tape. I watch my technique. Boom. Done. Good job. You answered the question. Ah, uh, but we're gonna we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit with Maddie here. We're gonna bring him on right now. And we are joined. 
by Maddie Lane sipping on a protein shake in his car. It's football nerds in cars getting protein shakes with Matthew Lane. How are you doing, bud? Well, I'm good, except for I actually do not have a protein shake. That was earlier after the workout. I am actually eating red beans and rice, which is apparently a Jacob special. So it still ties back in. I'll make you some red beans and rice. Take out for a nice nice red beans and rice dinner. Mm. Some Netflix. Pour out some beans real quick for uh, for Jacob's old lunch college lunchtime meal. Ah, yeah. I mean, that it, he did it all the time. Like he used to eat, he used to eat red beans and rice like all the time. I can't it's hear what you're saying, meal. but yeah, red beans and rice is 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 a meal that I have often. So let's. Uh, I actually had red beans and rice when we were down at the Senior Bowl too. Delightful. Me too, man. It was a great idea. Kent was over there eating fried bread dough, and <laughs> we're eating red beans and rice. Same thing. It was uh, it was bread pudding sticks that were deep fried <laughs> and with dipped. a dipping sauce <laughs> and, and like a, a melted frosty dipping sauce. And fun story, it came out and Kent was like lit up like a Christmas tree. He's like, "Oh man, these smell so good!" And the waitress just looked at him and just said, "Like it's fried bread. It's fried bread." <laughs> what oh, was that girl's yeah, name? Just Jake? like the accent. Jamie. Jamie. Shout out to Jamie the waitress. Um. Maddie, I'm going to ask you about your uh, biggest combine winner on the offensive side of the football. I mean, for me on the offensive side, there's, I mean, a lot of guys that performed well. I think it would be easy to pick one of the offensive tackles that moved well and kind of did good in the drills. But nah, we're going on brand. We're going Hakeem Butler, wide receiver out of Iowa State. And the reason's simple. He came in, he was as big as everybody thought, if not bigger. He actually set the record for the longest wingspan in wide, for wide receivers in combine history. He was tall, he was big, he was a thick-looking guy, and then he went out and jumped amazingly. Now, I think it didn't catch anyone by surprise with the jumps. It kind of leaked out how good they were going to be right before, but he still came out and hit almost 11 feet on the broad jump, got near 40 inches on the vertical. So here's a guy that makes a living above the rim, and he came out, showed that he has the length to still do it, has the ability to jump and explode into the air. So that's just kind of confirming what you know. And then in his drills, he actually looked pretty smooth. I mean, he doesn't look like a slot receiver running his drills, but he was able to sink his hips a little bit. He, was, he wasn't he was super stiff coming out of his cuts. And for a guy that had some drop issues, you look like he had been working on trying his hand technique catching the football. That's something that has killed him. He doesn't have the greatest hand technique to catch the football, but he looked a little bit better at the combine. So I put him up there in the big winners list. Okay, so give me a loser on offense. I mean, it's going to be the two offensive tackles, two guys that were offensive tackles that kind of made their name by being athletes, and that's Greg Little and David Edwards. So Greg Little out of Ole Miss, David Edwards out of Wisconsin, two guys that are offensive tackles, supposed to be good athletes. They don't have the best technique. There's some foot issues. They balance issues between both of them, but they're good athletes, so you think you have a lot to deal with. They both come out in the testing and don't test very good at all. Greg Little especially looked all over the place in the drills. His body looked sloppy. He looked a little ill-prepared. I think if there wasn't some other guys that showed up completely unprepared on the other side of the ball, which we're probably going to get to here in a little bit, I think more (laughs) people would be talking about how just bad of a workout Greg Little had for a guy that's supposed to be an athlete. Okay, let's talk about a guy that kind of surprised all of us on the defensive side uh, with his testing, Amani Hooker. 
Man, I don't know what Iowa did. I don't know if they sent their guys up to Penn State or what, but Amani <laughs> Hooker and all the Iowa boys came in and tested great. Hooker especially, he was faster, more explosive, changing directions better than anybody could have ever predicted. So here's a guy who was touted as just having great football intelligence. He's a super smart player, and you see that on tape, but you kind of question his top end speed or just his explosive or quick change of direction ability. He come out, came out and knocked all of this out of the park. He's still a thicker safety compared to a lot of the guys there. So now you have a guy that shows the ability that he can play some deep coverage. He has the athleticism to do pretty much whatever you ask from him with this kind of testing with that kind of IQ. He's going to be shooting up draft boards. I think after kind of seeing that he's fitting, hitting these baseline athletic testing, if not surpassing them. I think we have him in our top 45-ish at this point now, too. I think so. he belongs there. Like I said, his yeah. his tape is fantastic, but you just right. worried about his athleticism. So you think and everybody you thinks he's going to be another Desmond King kind of player, just with the subpar testing. But no, no. he came out and was great. Both the Imanis. Yeah, Oruarie, too. Tested yeah, really no, well, I'm both those Imanis. Yeah, Oyuwari had another great testing for the CBs. He was a bigger guy. I think he does have the highest ceiling, or he's tied up there with, I'm going to say, Justin Lane, the highest ceiling at cornerback, just because they both have the size, length, and baseline athleticism. It's just a matter of getting both those guys there. So that was a good right. day for both of them, too. Okay, so I had to show some restraint and, and kind of hold Jake back on this <laughs> because I wanted to leave some meat on the bone for you. The combine loser on defense for you, Matthew. I mean, I think this is everybody's combine loser overall. It's got to be Ja'Kai Polite. And this hurts me more than anybody else because he still has top five tape in this class to me. He was that Ooh. good on film. Oh, I don't even think it's questionable. I think his pass rushing tape was hands down the best in the class. I understand why Bosa's ahead of him, Quinnen Williams is ahead of him. It's a pure pass rusher. His tape was the best. And you even heard it from his teammates. Voshan Joseph came out and said he's going to blow up the combine literally the day before he tested. Whoops. I expected him to be one of the best <laughs> athletes you've seen at the combine the last couple of years. It was so incredibly bad just on the field workouts. He ran he slow like, as can be. He just blew it. <laughs> yeah, he looked like the Michelin man out there. He could barely jump over a phone book. And then he had to, you know, and whether it was a faking of an injury or he really did hurt his hamstring, oh, he it doesn't faked matter. It. Time out, Matthew. He had to pull Time out, out so fast. You know, it was a fake. Everything about his weekend was an excuse. And his excuse on tape or on the field was, oh, my hamstring hurts. Not oh, my yeah, pride. No. It well, was he's absolutely got a chance terrible. To, he's got a chance to prove it and make it up at his pro day. But he... If he doesn't, he's oh. probably going to show up late to his pro day. Probably. Well, so, and that's the thing at this point in time. Like, he can recover all the workout stuff. Like, all of that can be completely erased at his pro day. He comes out at his pro day and does what I think even his teammates that trained with him for the combine said he was going to do. None of the workout stuff actually matters. Whether you want to say that he just wasn't in shape, maybe he added a lot of bad weight. He didn't look good. Brian no. Burns added fantastic weight, and it showed. Ja'Kai Polite looked like he shoved, shoveled in Swedish fish. That's what he apparently overate mm. to be 260 pounds last year at Florida for three it? weeks straight and just showed up as big as he could possibly be. That so, I, I just think, you know, we talked about combine losers. I talked about DeAndre Baker being a loser. <laughs> You talked about Greg Little being a loser. I think they should all write a thank you letter to Ja'Kai Polite because <laughs> no one's talking about them because Ja'Kai Polite bombed it that badly. I mean, yeah, this is this one guy, of the worst combines 
you can ever top, have. Top 10 looking pick to day two, late day two, people are saying. I mean, I, I wouldn't touch him before pick 60. Like I don't, I don't really know if I want him anymore, honestly. And so, and yeah, that, we were talking about is, this. Go ahead. Go, I was just, I was just gonna say, Kent and I were talking about have an answer for questions, even if you don't have a good answer. Like Matt, if I ask you, do you watch yourself on film? Do you watch I mean, yourself on film? I don't go film, back Madeline? and listen to this podcast if that's any indication of my answer. No. <laughs> I think you have to do self scouting, and his lack of self scouting was evident, and that's a big issue. Like that's one of the biggest red flags. So. The fact that he said that, I even heard a thing about his pass rush plan. I don't remember if this came from the combine or before, but he essentially said, I go into every rep trying to speed rush, and then I read the tackle, what they're going to do against my speed rush, and then I react from there. He didn't actually have a pass rush plan, according to his own words. He would just try to speed rush until they could stop him, and then he would play off of that. So, I mean, there was a plan, but he didn't have a plan going into the game of what he wanted to do. And your that's plan, just like one of those little red flags that you your pl- see. Your plan is improvis- improvisation. <laughs> that's not a plan. I'm going to wing it. <laughs> right, he and that's pretty much what he did for the he combine. wings it at the table. Eating lots of wings, dipping them in ranch, side no, of Swedish right, fish. No, we're out now. We're out. Ranch, we're done. Conversation's <laughs> over. He likes ranch. Uh, okay, oh, undraftable. Maddie, I want to get you off on this, or get you out on this question. Uh, so Shaggy D Tweeter asks, could you see Anthony Nelson being a viable pick in round two? Man, round two is still a little rich for me for what I saw in Anthony Nelson on the film. Like, he's a solid football player. Like, he's a guy that's going to come out there. He's going to work hard. He's going to be a guy you're not disappointed in. But I think people are starting to boost him up a little bit extra because this testing was so out of left field. Very Jordan Willis-esque because, I mean, it was just elite testing around the board. Like, he tested almost as good as J.J. Watt in everything but the bench press, which is absolutely insane. Because when you go watch the film, you see a guy that does get bullied a little bit in the run game versus good offensive tackles. You see a guy that doesn't really have great pass rush traits on the film, but you put him out there in shorts, and he's apparently turns into J.J. Watt light. So I would be a little nervous about the second round, but if you catch him at the end of day two, early on day three, I think he's a fantastic pick. It's just a matter of how early is he going to go after putting out that kind of performance. Find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. It's Maddie Lane. Thanks, bud. Well, thank you guys. Have a good one. And we are joined now by Craig Stout. Find him on Twitter, at Barley Hop. Everyone can't see Craig, but you shaved your head. You are clean shaven up top. What is going on here? I, I don't know if you all know this about me, but I'm very old. And when you get yes. older, you I, you, we knew you start to lose your hair a little bit. And so you have bald spots. And during the winter, you don't want to rock a bald look the entire time because it's really cold outside. But I'm trying to will summer to come on. So the hair has gone again. You're willing summer to come, and it's there's snow in my backyard right now. I, you see, when it starts to warm up later this week, who can you thank? Craig Stout. That's right. Father time. To speak on father time <laughs> and Craig being old, last week I called you Scrooge, but I've been marinating on this all week, and if we're going to give you a draft miss character, it's got to be the old man with the shovel in Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
We right? already I, went through that once. Yeah, we already went through that. Not only have we been through that, Dusty Likens on 610 also went through it and and <laughs> oh. totally thought he'd come up with it himself too. So that's three so, people that have pointed three to that. People. Three people. I guess people. it's true. Yeah. That also that also reminds me of one of my favorite bits of all time. The reason we equated you to the old man from Home Alone was because of your angry face when you're interviewing Tyree Kill uh, in the Chiefs locker room. You had hair during that, by the way. Just a little, yeah. Just a little. and it looked it looked great, Craig. Oh, you're selling, you're selling yourself too short. Nah, man. Nah, I love the bald look. I'm I'm a I'm gonna keep rocking it. Hey, Craig, do you know who we might have uh, sold too short? Who's that? Garrett Bradbury. He had oh. a fantastic performance at the Combine, and I believe he's your offensive winner at the Combine this year. He is. Uh, Bradbury's a guy that I, I've liked for a while. I believe we had a mock draft on our other podcast a little while ago, and he was available at pick 63, and I stuck with him. It was a pick that Matt Miller made, and I just stuck with him. I don't think he's going to be available at 63 anymore, you nope. guys. He ran great. He looked great in drills. He interviewed awesome. People are talking about him having first-round buzz now. I think he catapulted himself up a full round. He's a center from NC State. He's a guy that makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs, but now that he's getting taken that early, I just don't think that they can they can spend an early pick on him like that. Hey, Craig, one of us on the AP draft team has a first-round grade on Garrett Bradbury. Who, Who is that? Who is that? I, I honestly don't know, Jake. I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me right now. Is that Would that be uh He's the second Jacob? most handsome person in the room. Oh, okay. Uh, I said it. No, it's so, not Kent. I have the first-round grade on him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we've talked about Garrett Bradbury a little bit. I think we talked about him on the lab this week. It's like, I mean, we like... Garrett Bradbury, if they took him at 29, I'd be mad. I would too. But he's a very, very, very good football player. He's going to be, you know, you hear that adage, with, especially with offensive linemen, you're going to take him and you're going to start him for a decade. That's exactly what you're going to get for for Garrett Bradbury. You're not wrong, my man. Okay, I want to ask you the biggest loser on the offensive side of the football from the combine. Well, he's a guy that I wrote about the day that the running backs were supposed to tr- test there at the combine is a guy who really needed to run pretty well and the guy that we were kind of high on elijah holyfield running mm. back out of georgia and oh my goodness did he run poorly he ran- he's still running <laughs> he's still running his <laughs> he's first still 40 running. 4.78 is his fastest 40 Ugh. and then he just dropped basically every pass that was thrown at him in drills he had about the worst day that he could have had there at the combine as far as an on-field presence now he's not a fast guy by any means but it's not like he's a bowling ball or anything like that he's not necessarily a power back so he needed to test pretty well and he needed to catch the ball well in drills he did neither one of those things so his stock just plummeted this week yeah, and I had big questions about him in the passing, and that was really the biggest issue I had with him coming into it, and he didn't do himself any favors, but, man, his tape looks better than what he put out on the combine. I still like his tape. I know. Like, it's weird. So, like, I think, we're you know, you're trying to sort through this and figure it out. Like, his stock deservedly should drop. He's going to wind up in day three, maybe even a little, like, a late day three, hmm. but... 
Good lord! Like it's like his tape's good. It's it is just, good. He it is good. He's a he dynamic bombed. player for his size. I mean, he's he's a good football player. But boy, when you show up to, at a job interview and you perform like that, you just don't get the job. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how yeah. it works. So. You know who showed up really well at their combine at their Ooh. interview? Ooh. He's an alien. Uh, Montez. <laughs> Shaq Sweat, the edge from Mississippi State. Craig, first off, why does this guy not go by Shaq Sweat? I don't. That's because, better than Montez. I mean, come on. There are so many jokes. Like everybody would know who Shaq Sweat is. Like you, you, you drop a name Shaq Sweat. Everybody and their dog knows who that is. Montez, you just call him Montez, or or as good friends of his, like I am, call him Tez. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tez over here. He's a guy that should be going by Shaq Sweat. He, that's a round one name, and now he's a round one player. Like, he mm-hmm. was. A Can you free... imagine the endorsement deals he would get, oh, like with man. the ShamWow? Uh, he, Shaq Sweat, ShamWow Tell. Get a a general commercial, the the general insurance. <laughs> well, great, well, great. You can go online, <laughs> call Shaq Sweat, and save some time. <laughs> That's Maybe great. the general will want to sponsor us. Clean. I'm glad we got Gosh. that clean. Somebody, Gosh. somebody, take that out and use it for your ringtone. Oh no, yeah, that's that's gonna be great. Oh no, this is no. not ending well. But no, ma- talk about the alien, though. I mean, the it, guy was amazing. We we saw him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he played this year at about 240, and when we saw him at the Senior Bowl, he was about 250. And he's kind of a rigid pass rusher, but he's huge long and and strong he he definitely is a guy that needs some work but we didn't really expect that he was going to be a like a freak athletically and then he showed up at the combine wearing another 10 pounds heavier he was 6'6 260 and he went 441 in his 40 36 inch vertical jump 70 or uh, seven second three cone drill i mean he lit up everything he he tested better than any edge that was out there he cemented himself in the top half of the first round because those athletic traits and that length are unteachable and there's the, all of his testing really wasn't indicative of a, of a rigid rusher but like i totally agree with you like the tape does not align with that kind of athlete but Mercy, I he just he absolutely crushed it. And even if he's not a bendy rusher, he still definitely has a path to success with his yeah. length, with his strength. So I mean, he was he was already in that round one conversation just because of who he was as a pass rusher. But he still needed some work to kind of refine and win in a couple different ways. Then you see those testing numbers. You see that short-range quickness and that change of direction ability, and you start salivating a little bit, especially since he put on 20 pounds since the end of last year, and he's still doing that. That that means that that guy still has some room to grow physically. Uh, Craig, so I know we kind of came into this combine with a big cluster of cornerbacks we were kind of trying to push through and sort through, and one guy helped kind of be a cluster buster, but in a negative way. Who who was a combine loser for you on defense? Uh, unfortunately, it's my guy, Joe Juan Williams. Now, I mean... Juan. He, Joe Juan. Joe Juan. He, he didn't test, like, awful or anything like that, but he didn't test 
well. Joe Juan's major issue has always been speed. I mean, he was he's got good hips for a guy his size and good feet for a guy his size and good ball skills, but his speed was the question. He went out and he ran a very poor 40, and then what was worse for him, during the drills, his hips looked rigid, his mm-hmm. feet were messy, and he dropped a lot of the ball drills that he had. So it wasn't just the testing side of it for him. He actually showed up and looked poor in all of the drills. Again, not something that showed up on tape, but you got to be prepared for all of this. Maybe some nerves got to him, but... He's a guy that didn't help his draft stock at all. He's still going to go pretty high because of his size and just, you know, overall ability for a man that size. But he, he's not a guy that catapulted up into that round one range like some people were talking about. I still like him. I still, I mean, like, that's a guy. His hips did not align with the testing. At like, all. his hips on, on tape are, like, at fluid. All. He, and- I, to be fair, none of the cornerbacks did. Deion Sanders no. made fun of them the entire <laughs> Higher set of drills called them all safeties with the yep. exception of one guy that we'll talk about here pretty soon well perfect transition we're going to ask you a mailbag question right now willie beeman 13 asks has your infatuation for bayron grown faded or stayed the same after the combine i i think it stayed the same i don't think that bayron was really going to test all that well i there was some talk that he might but he he came in, he ran an okay 40. He didn't do agility drills, which is where he's going to really win. But he was wearing some extra weight. They, they said maybe 10 or 12 pounds that he was wearing a little bit extra to help you know show that he can put on some mass on his body. But where he won was in his drills. Like He was yep. the only corner that was out there that really looked like he belonged in every single drill. There were guys that looked okay. Mark Fields out of Clemson looked pretty okay. He he raised his draft stock. Um, I, I forget. I, uh, Rashad Fenton actually looked okay out of South Carolina in the drills. But Byron Murphy was the only guy that nailed every single drill. And again, the only guy that Deion Sanders didn't say needed to move to safety. Yeah, and I kind of mentioned this earlier. Like his testing might have actually put him in a situation where the Chiefs have a chance to select him because the testing wasn't elite. The drills were still good. That seemed like a guy Brett Ve- Brett Veach will just be like, "Eh, I don't care about the testing. This is a good football player." And and down in the twenty nine range, if they wind up picking at twenty nine. I mean, he makes oh, all the sense in the world. He's insane value if he's still around at 29. I, Greedy Williams did uh, apparently came down with some cramps after uh, <laughs> after he didn't start very well and looked it pretty It was like Ja'Kai Polite cramps, like uh, where, yeah. oh, I got a problem. Oh, I got a leg oh, problem whoops. now. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm a little heavy, and I wasn't prepared for this. And so <laughs> he... He did not look good either, so I don't know that you can really swap those two, uh, you know, in any way. I still think that Byron Murphy is my CB one. He just he he did all the drills perfectly, which shows more than just you know going out and running in a straight line. All right, that's Barley Hop. Check him out it's on Twitter. Craig, we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, guys. Well, we wanted to get a few questions answered from the mailbag that I put out this week before we close this episode out, and we'll start with this one. Jake, uh, at Brandon422 asks, 
Rakia Sin is a better quarterback than Byron Murphy. Prove me wrong. Is he wrong? I, yes, I think he is. Do you know the Chiefs? For the Chiefs, no. I still I, give me the better football player. Yes, Byron Murphy is is still a better fit, a better player for the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me the talent. I know that I know that he may not meet the physical long thresholds that it seems like the Chiefs might be prioritizing this year at the cornerback position, but I think Byron Murphy is one of the 20 best players in this class. And I he didn't test great, but the fluidity of the hips and and his change of direction when he was doing the drills were fine. He looked like the best cornerback on the field and and I I don't have any doubts about this kid's ability to play football. Give me the good football player. Are you are you different? No, Byron Murphy's a better cornerback than Rocky Sin but I do think that Rocky Sin might be a better fit for the Chiefs if they want to go if they want to go man heavy and they want bigger physical corners I think Byron Murphy's his own corner I think he might struggle in the Chiefs scheme if if that's what they want to do um so I think the you know and I, I think I think Byron's a better player but I think the gap isn't as big as some people want to make it out to be though either I don't think it's like a giant gap, and I still like Rocky Asin a lot. I mean, we've raved about him. Like his, you can you can tell this guy is is made from the right stuff. And if you if you sit if you talk to him for a couple minutes, you will like. And I, I did. I had a chance to talk to him. Um, and so I mean, I, I I like the player. I I think he's got some really good chops in man coverage. I think he's got the right kind of football character. I, I'd be happy with either of them. I think Byron Murphy is still a better football player, uh, and that's. That's I'd, I'd rather have them. Uh, at jhal15 asks, would you take a late round flyer on Preston Williams at wide receiver despite the off-field issues that kept him out of the combine? Nope. <laughs> Next. Well, no, I, I want to talk about him because Preston Williams, he's a receiver out of Colorado State. and I do want to talk to him about him uh, with you for a minute because I know you did your evaluation. Just talk to me real quick about the tape. And then we'll get to some of the off-field and we'll get his, to what happened this week. His tape is really good. I got to be honest. I really like his tape. He, If you remember Charles Rogers coming out of Michigan State, who was a top five pick 10 years ago, that's who he is. He's a tall, lanky, long strider, can climb the ladder. Uh, I mean, he would just absolutely take over games at times. But <laughs> he, he – I mean, what, what, his – do you want me to just tell this like so the as the story goes explain the story explain why he's got some off-field issues he's got multiple he's he's a got a domestic charge against him yes he was moving out of his apartment with his girlfriend at the time pushed her uh charged for that later on he broke his pro not his probation but he had a restraining order against him against this female broke it that was dropped that was later dropped and if that's not enough already, <laughs> there he originally went to Tennessee. This all went down at Tennessee. And when he left Tennessee, he just had some weird comments about leaving. Basically not owning anything, basically putting it all on Tennessee, saying he didn't get the help that he that he thought he needed and stuff. But before he even re- went to Tennessee, he was at a recruitment visit at Auburn, which he has some really weird comments about that too, saying, "Well, I already knew I was going to Tennessee, so I was basically forced to go this to, on this Auburn recruiting visit." 
he was such a disturbance on the sidelines that they sent him home. And As, and he was accused of smoking weed while he huh. was there. And <laughs> he was also he was also recruiting Auburn recruits to Tennessee on the sidelines. Correct. I think that's what caused said disturbance. Um, and if that's not enough, you know, so then he transfers to Colorado, Colorado State, and uh, I mean he he couldn't even stay out of trouble for the first six months while he was. There. I, and I think the stuff at Tennessee kind of followed him there. Right. I think that's what happened. Yeah, but still, and and, and then, then he tests this week. That's the, that's the cherry on top. If you were to ask me this last week, I would say his tape is so good, and I think he's a freaky athlete that maybe he's turned it around. And but he hasn't. He's a better athlete than a four six athlete if he's training for that forty. Watching his tape, he ran so, a four five seven, but it was at the it was at his so he ran day, a four so six five. He ran a four six. So, yeah. so you know. that just tells me that he hasn't grown up. He's not taking this seriously. And he's when not, you, I mean, he and, hasn't. He and, didn't really prepare well. And you're being harsh on a kid like that. But you're harsh on everyone, and your room for error is you don't have minimal it when you have an when you have a, a rap sheet like that. Yeah. You don't have room for error, and he made a mistake, and he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna get drafted. No, I don't think so either. Would I bring him in for camp? Uh, yeah, I would maybe. Nah, that, that's, if I'm the Chiefs, no, no. If I'm the Chiefs, no, just because of this last Long season, we don't need to get issues. into that. But yeah. That'd just be a PR nightmare for them. But if I'm another team, he's still going to get a shot in the NFL. Will we hear Preston Preston's Williams' name in two years? Probably mm, not. I would. We'll see. Maybe. I mean, for does his it, sake, you know what? For his sake, I hope he turns it around and has a great career and is a model citizen, all that stuff. You hope that for every kid coming out of the draft. But just, again, mitigating risks. That's a big risk. That's a big risk. So, yeah. At Jetty Rat. RB asks two questions. Do you think Jay Sternberger will be available mm. at either of the Chiefs for uh, two round two picks? Uh, Jace, would you? He's going to be look. He's going to be, gonna available, be available, available later than that. Now, I am. I still am very high on Jay Sternberger. I I like his game a ton. I I really thought he was a better athlete than average. I really I thought he was going to absolutely set the combine on fire, and he did not i didn't think i didn't think he was gonna set the combine on fire uh but he i he, said he tested as an average athlete i said i compared him to Irv smith as far as an athlete but i didn't think Irv smith was an average athlete either they are comparable athletes but yes. both of them are average yeah and um, sternberger i like him i don't love him i i've kind of got like i think there's a lot to work with and there's a lot to develop but like i i'm just not there with him he is i jake he's the worst tight end blocker i've seen in this class so far yeah he can't block and it's like it's <laughs> just care. like I don't care about that though. I really don't care if my tight end can block. So that's that's a personal preference. I think he can block. I think he can be taught because he's a big body. I, I think I think those guys. I think it's he don't have the blocking gene. No, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I don't think he has the blocking gene. Nah, maybe uh, <laughs> you never say never. Uh, but he, I, I, and we disagree on him a little bit. But I think he is an excellent route runner. I think he is a weapon in the passing game. Um, I know Matt does not want another move tight end because you already got one in Travis Kelsey, but yeah, Travis it's, Kelsey it's, ain't going to be around forever. It's going to be hard to put both of those guys on the field at the uh, same time. I kind of get it. And, yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I think to answer the question, Cheats round two picks, he's he's going to be there. If they want him in the third, I bet he'd be there. He, I, I, and maybe I'll think about it in the third. Uh, what round does Andy Isabella go in? And can he be a slot weapon? Just tell me what round. And actually, he has, uh, JD Rat asked the, added the hashtag score 100. 
So, I mean, we're going to answer the question. Uh, real quick, what round does Andy Isabella go in? 29. No, d- do not put that evil on me. <laughs> no, he's not going first. I, I, me, personally, I think he's a third-round draft pick. That's that's the tape score that I have on him. But I've heard higher. I've heard people say top 70 Ugh, for him. No. Um, no. But, again, it's to answer, to answer the question, too, can he be a slot weapon to eliminate double teams? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what he is. <laughs> yeah, um, his whole thing is he he's trying to convince people he can play on the outside. I don't think he can. Nah, he can't. Uh, at Low Lip McGee asks, uh, draft guys are drooling over these combines. Do people forget about Aaron Curry, Vernon Golston, Nick Fairley, Kevin White, John Ross? What's the most important aspect to success? Is it really athleticism or is it scheme fit, coaching, work ethic, yada yada yada? Uh, okay, so who are I, those guys? Huh? Who are those guys? He's saying the most key aspects. I'm just Are you talking about the players? He said, did people forget about them? Oh, who? So I was trying to say, who? who's Porter and Goldstein? No, he's, that's a good question. It is a great question. Um, I'll I'll just make an argument. I, I, there's a lot of them. I'll make the argument for scheme fit. So, and I, I it, everything's important. There's All these things are important. It's just how much value. But I do think that guys uh, have... Guys have a better chance of having success in the right scheme, in the right situation. I think situation means more than people actually realize. And even some of the busts that have been out there, I think if they'd been put in a better situation, things could have gone differently for them. Patrick Mahomes was put in the absolute perfect situation. He had Andy Reid. He had a year to kind of grow and develop behind Alex Smith, who just so happens to be willing to help a young guy who's not trying to, you know, he's going to show him all his cards. He's going to help the kid grow. And he got to learn what it takes to be a professional. Also, by the way, Patrick Mahomes just happens to have the best weapon down the field and most explosive player in football, the best pass catching route running tight end in all of football i mean he was dropped into an absolutely perfect situation with an offensive mastermind to grow and develop patrick mahomes would have been good other places but patrick mahomes we saw his ceiling because of the situation jake you want to make an argument for yeah well i'm just going to agree with you on scheme i think that's the biggest thing and you hear with front front the the most successful teams have a good cohesiveness between their front office and their coaching staff and their front office knows what their coaching staff wants in players and believe it or not there are teams in the nfl that do not have that cohesiveness and i actually it's not a believe it or not because there's a lot of stupid people in the nfl (laughs) but you know and it's kind of one of those things where you might see a front office department say we really like this guy we're going to take him and our coaches are going to figure out where to play him and it's like breland speaks is a good example of that not to throw shade on that but you know that might be a front office thing where they said hey we really like this guy and we think our coaches are going to find a spot for him for all we know the coaches were bashing their heads against the wall when they picked breland speaks and that's <laughs> that's not that maybe not, not the best example but no but I, I stuff like saying. that happens I get what you're saying. no you're you're not wrong uh at three gravy cats asks assuming similar levels of talent are on the board in the first round do you take an edge or a cornerback if you ask me right now as the roster is currently concerned Constructed. Ooh, I, 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 me, we've had this argument a lot. I'd probably say corner, just, I know, actually know it. I'm going to say edge because it does feel like Justin Houston and D Ford are gone. Yeah, that's a tough question right now. It is. In I two mean, weeks, it like, might be totally different. 
I, if, I'm, D, I'm if D hedging a little bit. is on the team, then I would say corner. But if yeah. he's traded, like we, but a lot of people think he's going to be. I think it's 50 50. It's a flip of the coin. Then I would say edge. I mean, like it's, it's and you'd have to talk to Spags too. What does he value? What you know? Because it's kind of one of those things: chicken or the egg. You can do you want to cover guys long enough that they can get sacks, or do you want to get after the quarterback long enough that guys don't have to cover? I, I mean, mean, that's that's a philosophy thing. It is, and it's it's a it's it's such a hard question. Uh, and we kind of hedge there. If I, I'm just gonna assume if I'm assuming D Ford and Justin Houston are gone, you got to go find an edge. You got to find an impact upside edge in the first round, and that's the best place to do it. At Chiefs fan John asks, does Juan Thornhill's combine erase any athletic and upside concerns? Um, we'll start with that one. Yes, I think I think he tested phenomenally. I'm a big Juan Thornhill fan in general. Um, we kind of were having a debate today about if we thought he could play in the single high. I think he could play as your as your center fielder, uh, the range, the athleticism, I think it's there. He is, he, I, I, me and Maddie were talking about today. I, he is an aggressive player, but man, I mean, I, I think he's got it in him. I think he can develop, and I think he's got good football clip. Well, it's not like the athleticism doesn't show up on tape. No, it's there. I, you it, see it. I think some people had some of that concern, though. I think some people were throwing that out. He tested phenomenally, though. I think, yeah, I, I guess I didn't think, I didn't think he tested that well, but I never, I did not think he was a below average athlete. And I think he could absolutely, I mean, the thing with him at Virginia is they just, he didn't do it. He didn't ever play single high. Could he do it? I don't know. That's, that's the whole projection of the draft. Right. I think he's got the traits to do it. Right. Um, but you never know. So you get the, you get your hands on those guys and, and that's probably why he'll be available in the 30s. Yep. At Brandon422 asks, don't care if it's realistic, let's dream. Talk about what an offense would look like if they drafted TJ Hawkinson uh, or Noah Fant and AJ Brown, AJ Brown and Hucky or Hakeem Butler. Hashtag score 100. Well, they would. <laughs> they, <laughs> they would. would. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. And you know what? I have the answer to all of those questions. <laughs> I actually have a write-up on all four of those guys in the Chiefs draft guide, specifically going into detail about how and what would be what kind of usage the Chiefs would get out of any of those guys. It's good stuff. You need to you need to go to I, the link. Wanna, <laughs> the, you, the, I'll, I'll help you. This is a phenomenal plug in. Like, congratulations on this. It's gum.co slash KC drafts. All in there. Promo code nerd. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it, you're to, really getting good at this. You're getting good at this shameless it, plugging. It it is a dream though too to, <laughs> and it's a dream of mine that I've had since about January, <laughs> where the score hunt 100 hashtag was born. Oh gosh, that would be and it would be fun for me because I'm a Chiefs fan. They're not my number one team, but I really enjoy watching the Chiefs in the sense of I probably don't get nervous. I understand what it feels like to get nervous to watch your team play a football game because I don't have a ton at stake if they win or lose. I just love watching the Chiefs score points. They and do score a lot the, of points. The Chiefs Rams game last year was the most fun I had watching football the entire season. Yeah. And so, yeah, score 100. They scored 100 in that game combined. And, and let the other team score 99. <laughs> All right, let's go. Oh, and, and the defense will be better this year. Mm-hmm, yeah. Maybe. I think, Probably. I think Hakeem Butler might be able to play edge, too. So. <laughs> I mean, Hawkinson could thick and he <laughs> tested phenomenally. Okay, that's gonna do it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out the draft guide if you have a chance. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. 
And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.